Hi, welcome to Money Morning Podcast. Today I'm talking to Callum Newman about iron ore stocks. These are companies like BHP and Rio, but there are also a heap of smaller companies out there. Now, if you've ever wondered what these companies are currently up to or where they could go in the future, it's a great listen or watch. Check it out right now. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I've got a few questions for you today, Cal. It's all about iron ore and, uh, and then a little bit about your trading service. So today I want to ask you, you know, one of the things we're seeing out there, despite living a miserable life in lockdown, is that BHP and Rio are soaking up the gains on the ASX and potentially propping up the index. Now, I was wondering, what are your thoughts on iron ore at the moment? Where do you think it's going? And what do you think the outlook is for smaller iron ore companies at the moment? Yeah, well, let me say, um, I've been, as you know, delving into iron ore uh, a lot in the last few months. Uh, and that came about because of a disconnect that I saw happening on the market, where a lot of the, if you go back to say March, around about that time, the expectation was iron ore had, had peaked and would start to trend down in the second half of the year. And so stocks like uh, BHP, Rio, Fortescue sold down. And uh, the strange thing was, though, iron ore itself didn't fall. And uh, I really like that situation where you get a situation where uh, the market prices something in, and then, but there's a disconnect. And so I started to dig around and go, okay, well, what is the outlook for iron ore? And interestingly, what I found was inside the industry itself, they were very, very positive about the outlook for iron ore. And I said, oh, that's, that's strange because all these investment analysts are saying it's going to go down but it's not going down and everywhere I looked steel was booming. So obviously it's a import into the steel process, right? So uh, it was booming in China. It was booming in the U S and we had Europe coming back on. Uh, and in that situation, I thought, this is great. We can get some really good trades here. Um, and lo and behold, it surprised everybody by going up over 200 bucks a ton, which I can tell you, there were very, very few people saying that, um, before it happened. So it's a, it's a really interesting market right now. So in terms of BHP and Rio, they are just making an absolute fortune. So of course the market has to uh, uh, reprice them back up because they're just making so much money. Their, their margins at the moment are enormous. So uh, in terms of what we've seen recently, um, they're looking quite strong in my view. Okay, well, that's a great take because takes a lot of bravery to go out on a limb with iron ore sometimes. I've actually taken the position where whatever I think about iron ore, I then do the opposite of that. It's like George <laughs> and Seinfeld. Well, so, that, that can uh, work in trading because usually doing the opposite of what everybody thinks is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the, uh, the opposite day episode. And yeah, I, so many times I've thought iron ore is going to go down and I've just been flat wrong. So I think it's really interesting that you spotted a moment where everyone finally changed their mind on it and then you took a contrarian position there. So I guess what my next question is, is what do you think the outlook for demand out of China is? What are you seeing in that market? And um, maybe, maybe if you want, talk a bit about how their sort of monetary system is evolving at the moment. Well, it's a tricky one. I mean, one of the reasons I was... Well, that sort of gave me the guts to go against the crowd with iron ore earlier was that there was a notion that there is a notion that, you know, iron ore 
is all about China. And in a sense, it, it kind of is. But I saw, again, that Europe and, and America were coming online. So you had basically three cylinders firing. Um, in terms of Chinese demand, it's still, I can only go off what, um, what I can pick up across the companies and what the, what they call the price differentials. So, uh, iron ore has different grades. Um, the steelmakers in China are prepared to pay up more for those higher grades. It costs them more, but it, it's more productive for them and it's better for the environment, which is a big thing in China at the moment. So those are still strong. So we can only go off what we're seeing right now. I, I generally don't like to look too far ahead because as you know, things can change so quickly. So as of now, China still looks pretty strong. Um, the rest of the world still looks pretty strong. So I'm comfortable with the demand. Of, and we've seen, like we had a little bit of a wobble there in iron ore, went from 230 back down to 175. Now it's come, it's bounced up a little bit again. So it's still at 200 bucks a ton. Now, the amazing thing for me is like, that is huge. Like that is just yeah. pure butter for so many companies. So they were making good money at 150. So 200, it's just like, just so much cream in there for them. So um, whether or not you mentioned the credit impulse um, that, that flared up recently. Now that I don't know the full methodology behind that impulse, what they call the credit. Is it just a bank lending signal? It's, it's credit growth relative to GDP. Credit growth. Okay. So that, as you say, if China is continuing to make money and using their banking system to fund infrastructure that flows through to demand. Um, so if it comes back, then yes, we might see a bit of a pullback in iron ore and commodities. So this is the interesting thing for me is that are you a trader or an investor? Do you want to approach this market in the short term or the long term? Because yes, if China pulls in the thing, then iron ore probably will go down for a little while. Yeah. Um, but if you look out four to five years, then who knows what they're going to do with the, uh, with the credit. You know, if that thing slow down too much, they'll just crank it back up again. So um, at the moment, I tend not to look so much at the d demand side. Um, I'm looking at the supply side. The reason being that for the last 10 years or so, um, there hasn't been a lot of investment in new mines. BHP and, and Rio have paid out most of their earnings as dividends and, and buybacks. Um, because the industry itself has had this notion that once China got to a billion tons of steel a year, that it would, it would kind of peak out, but they're not peaking out. <laughs> they keep producing yeah. it. So it's a question of how far can this actually go? And if you, there are some in the iron ore industry that say, well, China's industrialization is not over yet. And even if it was, we've still got other countries and in Africa and the Middle East and other parts of Asia that are industrializing as well. So it's not clear that uh, demand for iron ore has peaked. And if it hasn't, there's going to be a lot of long-term opportunities present. Okay, I've got a few comments on that. First of all, there's the growth of India's, India's not in a good way at the moment, but there's the growth of India's steel making Absolutely. capacity as well to think about. And then there are a couple other things I'd also mention, which is that I have a theory that small cap resource stocks lag their producer peers or their larger producer peers by about six, six to 12 months in terms of the market picking up on their potential. So I guess what, we'll get to the trading surface in just a second, Cal, but what you're specifically targeting for Catalyst Trader is, which is your trading service, 
you're looking at sort of short terms earning dates on that cream, you call it, that uh, that these iron ore producers are are looking for. You know, uh, the with even if iron ore stays above, say, 170 or so, that's still an immense margin available. And then you think the market will reprice these smaller iron ore players. Well, in terms of the earning beats, I'd say that's where I'm looking at BHP, Rio, Fortescue, because the, because the market had was pricing in um, a lower iron ore price for them. They have a very good chance of beating those and getting a higher multiple. The small caps, it depends a little bit if they are producing or they're not yet. So a lot of them are moving towards production. Um, now, when they do their feasibility studies, most of them, had done the same thing. They said, look, well, iron ore is about 140 now. We think it'll go to 100 in 2022, but we've still got a project here. Now, you can get a really, really good trade when they take a view like that, but the, the price goes higher, which is there was a company called Phoenix Resources. When they did their feasibility, I think they were factoring in a price. I can't remember exactly, but just say it was 140. Well, suddenly... They they started they were started shipping so you know it takes a long time to get a project going over a year suddenly they're going holy moly this the 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 price has gone to 180 we're making five ten million dollars a month in profit and yeah. we've just started uh, so we got a really good trade on that so that's what I'm looking for in some of the smaller ones that are that have seen the high price seen the signal that it's time to bring in more supply. And they're going about and doing it, but they've got to tick so many boxes. They've got to get, A, they've got to have a deposit. Then they've got to get all the approvals, the environmental stuff. Um, they've got to find a port. They've got to get it there. They've got to, you know, truck drivers and, and crush it and screen it. And then they've got to get someone to buy it off them, of course. Um, so there's a whole bunch of um, boxes that need to be ticked. But that's your markup phase, usually in the small cap sector, where you, where you de-risk the trade. So if you're prepared to back one of these projects um, and back that the iron ore price stays strong, you can get a really ripping return. But as you say, as of now, the market is still skeptical. So it, like literally today as we speak, the, the little iron ore stocks are not running as hot as you would think with iron ore at such a ridiculously high level. Yeah, well, you do. I mean, if you do get that sort of lag coming together with a sort of steady price, then all of a sudden the net present value, the MPV just goes up heaps. And I've seen a number of smaller commodity players have a complete rewrite of their MPV. And then all of a sudden people pile in. But if you're actually paying to the, paying attention to the movements in the price, you can assume that that MPV is rising before they actually announce a rejigged MPV. Absolutely. So, and that's so where it's it gives absolutely you the, fascinating. Absolutely gives you the confidence to take the trade. So, uh, I'm, I mean, just with Phoenix, the one that I mentioned now, I was just like, you know, the, the upside was this and the downside was that at, at that stage because it was um, it was just, as you say, they, they had priced in a certain price and it was so much higher than what they had done. Of course, the market goes, well, this is crazy. Like it, this company is worth more than we thought. Um, so absolutely, I'm looking for, for, for that to happen again in a bunch of other smaller iron ore stocks. Um but then again, we've got you never quite know because there's the uh, issue now in WA of being able to get staff and, and truck drivers yeah. and because the gold industry is going bananas as well. So they're all competing yeah. for the same pool of labor. So uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to see. But also when you get 
situation where companies are making so much money, the bigger ones obviously start to think about, well, can we just acquire some yeah, of these smaller ones. projects? So again, we talk about my sort of trading methodology. That's when you, what I call catalyst. That's when you start to think about, well, not only does it say a small stock have a, a great earnings profile once it gets going, but maybe a bigger, bigger player will come and swallow it up. Um, because again, because there hasn't been a lot of investment in iron ore um, over the last five, six years, many of, them, many of them are running down their reserves and they don't have a lot of life left. So they go and buy, uh, go and buy one to, to keep going as a company. Yep. And two more questions for you, Cal. Uh, one main thing I think a lot, on a lot of people's minds when it comes to iron ore is what happens with Brazil? Is Vale going to all of a sudden come in and crush the Australian industry? Is there going to be a competitive supply chain shift? Um, I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about that and what you see happening um, in, in a scenario like that, or maybe it's just completely not going to happen. Well, that one we can only really watch. So to set the scene, if you're listening or watching, in 2019, Brazil, which is the second biggest exporter after Australia, but the highest grade, um, they had a massive accident and it it took a a bunch of tonnes off the market. And that's what sent iron ore into its bull market that it's still really been in the whole time, except for the COVID sort of collapse. Um, Now, the whole time the market has gone, Oh, when Brazil comes back, it's, it's the, the dream's going to be over and uh, all this sort of thing. So they're slowly bringing back to where they were, but they're still way down on where they were previously. Um, and the market is sort of, on one hand, it's fearful that they're going to come back strong, but also skeptical that they're going to come back strong because they sort of have disappointed uh, for a long time. Uh, that we just have to watch. There's no... <sighs> it's very hard to tell from here what's going on in Brazil. Um, I don't worry in terms of China switching to Brazil because the reason China is punishing Australia is applicable to Brazil as well, because the, the president over there likes to blame them for uh, the COVID crisis. And so it's not like they're going to go, well, we hate Australia. Well, let's give all the business to Brazil, even if they could. Um, Mm. But Brazil cannot dislodge Australia. I mean, we're double what um, Bali puts out. So Australia is fairly secure in being the main supplier for the moment. Uh, whether, again, whether uh, that uptick in their production brings the price down, we just have to wait and see. It's too early to call yet. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, sort of cataclysmic predictions always with iron ore. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I'm, I'm, you're very convincing there, Cal. I think I might, I might just say this is all overblown, and uh, and the, too many times they've called the death knell on R and and I've just been, you know, going along with the crowd there, and I've been wrong again and again. So um, the final question for you is, how does your trading system work? I know it's it's simple. You put an immense amount of effort into this stuff. So I was just wondering if you give give us a quick recap of how the the trading system works well yeah so i call it uh the service is called rather uh catalyst trader so i'm we're talking about iron ore today but in 12 months we might be talking about gold or or you know bio stocks or anything you know I, i'm agnostic when it comes to the sector or what have you because everything goes through bull and bear phase and consolidation and so you need to be in areas of the market that are moving now 
Otherwise, you just you can just get caught up in just going sideways for ages and ages and ages. Um, so what I I look for situations where if I have a stock um, and I look at it, I go, well, what is going to make this go up? Why is someone going to pay me more for it? And unless I can pinpoint something, I, I don't touch it. So it's very easy in the stock market to buy what we call stories or trends or or themes, if you like. And I tried that early on, but <laughs> I quickly found out that that can go very wrong. And when things got volatile or say I bought in and it went down, I said, well, what do I own here? Why, you know, why, why am I in this? So my situation evolved where I'm like, I want to know what's going to re-rate this stock. So what I do is, again, I look for things that can uh, push uh, the stock up, whether it's, uh, say, a drilling result or an earnings upgrade or a new contract win or something that shifts the market's expectations higher. So the way generally to think about it is markets price in an outcome. And unless you can find something that the market has not priced in, well, there's probably no trade there. Uh, so iron ore early was a great example of that where the market, the stocks, I mean, had priced in a falling price, but we got a rising price. That's, that's just butter for a trader because you get the uplift where the market goes, we price this in, that was wrong. We have to price in this outcome. So that's what I'm looking for. So you get that one, which is one type of catalyst or a very specific one where you, where you say you buy a gold miner and they're drilling and then they go and hit a massive you know, thing of gold and then it, it spikes up for that reason. So I look for short-term catalysts that I can identify in a reasonable time frame. And, you know, like any trader or any system, it doesn't always work. And, and then you've got to step aside and go, no, this hasn't worked or it didn't turn out the way we thought. Um, but I have found that's the best way to manage the market because um, so many people, they, they'll, they'll put money into a stock and then so often it's like, why? Why would you think that was going to go up? Or, or, you know, what did you expect? And I think a lot of people don't always know the answer to that. So I find great comfort in, in going into a stock and, and working out where it is exactly and why it might go up again or keep going up or, or what have you. Well, I think that's great advice. I think a lot of traders get a bit love blind with their with their uh, their picks and their stocks. And uh, and you also build a sound risk management strategy into your trades. So um, thank you very much for that recap. I might leave it there. Uh, again, thank you so much for spending some time with me, Cal. And uh, well, hopefully see you in the office in a few weeks if, uh, if they'll let us. So thanks again. Absolutely. Pleasure to be with you. Well, there was a great chat with Callum Newman about iron ore stocks. I thought his comments about China and Brazil were particularly interesting. Now, if you want to check out Callum Newman's Catalyst Trader service, you can find a link to that in the video description below. Be sure to like, subscribe, and get in touch, and you'll hear from us soon.